Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. You can find Dale on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dale. And you can find the Dynasty After Dark channel on Twitter at FF After Dark. Thank you guys for coming back today. And I'm excited. We're going to be talking about our My Guys for 2023. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on right now. News is starting to pick up every single day. We got some Kamara suspension news that's probably going to be dropping in a video here in the next couple days. Um, we've got Not My Guys coming out later this week. Some guys that we want to hate on for this upcoming season for Dynasty and Redraft and kind of give you some of our thoughts there. But yeah, it's a good time of year and did we miss anything i guess with the hall of fame game people are nitpicking everything right now i, I, I don't believe so i think we have come to a consensus as a nation that zach wilson is not it what, what why he was fine <laughs> he was fine what in the heck i know but the hate is well, the hater rate is strong that's because he was playing against you know uh third four string players that probably won't <laughs> make it on the team so just give him one in a half years with Aaron Rodgers, and he'll be fine. Hopefully. What is it? What's, what's Aaron Rodgers' famous saying? Just relax. Relax. <laughs> Just relax. The Zach Wilson hype train will pick up when Aaron Rodgers retires here in just a couple years, it'll be full bore, man. It, he's going to be a good player. I do think, I honestly think, and this is not, I, we're getting off the rails a little bit here, but it's a fun conversation. There's a lot of hate around Zach Wilson, but he's a good player. He has all the talents that you need for a good quarterback in the NFL. He just needs to be better mentally. I think that's very wrong. I think they people fell in love with <laughs> a throw. A throw in shorts. He was good. And no, he was good his his last year in college. No, he was he very was not. good. He, yes, he was. He was. Against, he was playing against high schoolers, Calvin. Oh, come on. Come he, was, on. he was playing against mediocre talent in a poor conference in BYU. Who That's cares? That's all I have to say. I mean, who did Justin Herbert be? He was in Oregon. Who did Josh Allen be? Let's, come on. Come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, at the very least, Justin Herbert played in the Pac-12. Am I supposed like to an care? Actual, <laughs> an, an actual Power Five conference. Am I supposed to so, care about these non-SEC conferences? Come on. So until you actually watch, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, college football, Calvin. Like that is fair. Don't be talking. That is fair. <laughs> Zach, well, this is not the Zach Wilson that I thought it was, is it? I hope not. What? Bring him young. This is not the right guy. That is the right guy. Is it? I thought you would. You went to BIU. Yeah. Oh, is that BYU? I did not know their yeah. name was uh, Brigham yeah. Young. I'm not going to lie to you. Brigham Young University. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, he was fine his, his junior year. He had uh, he had uh, he, 70 he, rushing he, attempts he, for 250 yards. He, he had fun. overinflated stats. Dude, he had 10 he had touchdowns a, rushing. That is he, nuts. He, he had overinflated stats. He played in a very weak conference, a very weak schedule. He was, dude, he was he, actually really good, though. 73% completion percentage. I don't care if it's an easy conference. That is still a very good... Uh, right. It's a good number. Right, it's a so good number. It's a good number. He, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's, he's my, my guy. Yes. <laughs> For 2025, please, he's my, my guy. Please, right, right. <laughs> All right. All right. So that said, let us uh, jump into some of the my guys. And the whole point of this is, you know, we're not going to be talking about every player out there, but... From a dynasty perspective, these are guys that we believe in for this season and, you know, 
also long-term as well. Not just this year, but there's maybe some depressed value, except for one of uh, one of Dale's guys. We'll, we'll spoiler alert that. But maybe he's depressed value, uh, considering how high one of his uh, direct competitors goes in, in some leagues right now. But I think all the guys that we have listed here are guys that we think are going to jump up pretty highly after this year in terms of dynasty value. And they're also going to help you win pretty heavily this year as well. So we're going to talk about one guy from every single position and just give you some guys to go and target in your leagues potentially. And you can let us know down in the comments if you agree with us, disagree with us, or whatever your thoughts are on the matter. But if you can, just leave a comment, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel. We got more content coming out and we're going to be putting stuff out throughout the entire NFL season as well. We're still figuring out what the content's going to look like exactly for that. But we're going to have nonstop content for you guys. The channel has grown quite a bit this offseason. We do truly appreciate all you guys out there that have subscribed to the channel and keep supporting us in those ways. So we're going to just keep rolling here and jump into the quarterback position. You can start off with your hot takey quarterback here on who your my guy is. I, I had to let him all have right. this one, guys. He is a homer, yes. so, you know. Yes. Yes, um, I'll be very honest. Like for three <laughs> out of the four positions, I had Ohio State players, and Calvin told me to calm it down. I did, I did. <laughs> I fully agree. So, um, uh, so at quarterback, my guy Justin Fields. He, in my opinion, I mean, I'm biased. I will say that till I can't say it anymore. Like I'm, I'm biased against Justin Fields. You know, I watched him play at Ohio State. Um, I think he is him. He is fantastic. Um, I, I mean. People think he's a, a running quarterback. Really, he's actually a and look like he's a very excellent thrower of the ball. You know, unfortunately, last year in um, in Chicago, he had hardly anybody to throw the ball to that was mm-hmm. competent and had hands to actually catch the ball. So, um, thankfully, like he's getting DJ Moore. You know, I I know there's some comparisons that he's getting with like the it's it's the Jalen Hurts leap that he had with AJ Brown. I don't think it's quite like that. You know, I, I mean, I like DJ Moore, but um, he's not AJ Brown by any means. I agree with but, that 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think as an overall sense, like we saw who Justin Fields could can be in Chicago if they let him just run the offense and be him because he is this athletic freak. You know, um, as of right now, he is quarterback and sleeper. He's quarterback number six. Mm hmm. Um, which I think is a very fair, but you know, I would not be shocked if he is quarterback one this year mm-hmm. or is very close to quarterback one. Yeah. And um, that's where know. the potential value comes in, right? Because yes. he's yes. still potentially depressed. Right. And the, yep. some of these guys, we, I will admit, you know, like Justin Fields, I like him a lot, just like you're talking about. He's a good player. Uh, the rushing side of his game is just Baseline, elite. Yeah. Like, uh, you can yes. see if you're watching here on YouTube, uh, Dynasty After Dark YouTube channel here. We've got some video. 160 rushing attempts, 1,100 yards, 7.14 per carry, which is crazy for a quarterback. Like, considering running backs sometimes can barely make four yards per carry and he's doubling that, that's pretty good for a quarterback. Uh, eight rushing touchdowns. Now, the passing stats, like you mentioned, are not very good. But with that rushing line, he finished as the quarterback number seven last year. 
you get that passing work up to 3,500 yards. He has vowed to be the first 4,000-yard passer in Chicago Bears history. And I think he will be. I, I think he team. has I mean, a potential. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be this year. Right. Because because there's still some gelling to do with that mm-hmm. offense. Um, you know, and, and, and he's and he's and he's going to have uh, DJ Moore for a couple of years. Like they just signed um, Will Komet to that big contract. So right. they have a tight end coming in. And they and they're probably going to have a top ten pick next year, which they'll probably yeah they potentially got take a they've got Carolinas. Season. I mean, they could have two potentially. Yes, you know what I mean? So yes, very possibly. Yes. So yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be on the board there, and I do believe Justin Fields has a very safe floor with the rushing. Yes. He has a very high ceiling um, if he can get the passing game on board, and then the. Bears have built this offense up and this team up in the last couple of off seasons to really support him where needed. Now, they need a little bit of a help on the offensive line, but I do think that's going to be coming as well. So, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think that he's someone that could really spike in value after this year, and that's why, you know, even though he is quarterback number six on sleeper, you know, I think he's the consensus quarterback number eight across, like, all mm-hmm. platforms and everything. Yep. There's still s- some definite value value there that if he does get it together you know look at Jalen Hurts he's the quarterback number three almost universally and uh, I think that that's the type of ceiling you could have with Justin Fields that you're buying him still before he hits that that peak there so I'm gonna jump over to my quarterback here and my quarterback is actually gonna be Geno Smith and um, you're gonna say what Geno Smith why why Geno Uh, why oh why 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 Geno because currently this is why he is currently the quarterback number 20 in redraft rankings and quarterback number 22 in dynasty rankings. And I think that is extremely cheap for someone like Geno Smith. Now you go back to last year, quarterback number five, you're saying, Oh, it's just an outlier season. It's an outlier season. You're it's possible. It is definitely possible. Or this is what Geno has finally become. You know, his five games with Seattle, in 2021 were very solid they were very good games for what he played in those years so we have about a year and a half now of Geno playing very well for the quarterback position right he's on a team where Pete Carroll believes in this guy they signed him to a three-year contract first two years are basically fully guaranteed they're not moving on from him they had the number five overall pick they could have gone within a replacement if they really wanted to they could have gotten aggressive and traded up for someone like a stroud for example or whatever if they really wanted to but they didn't they took a cornerback with their first pick they believe in geno smith to lead this offense now you look at what else they added right they added jackson smith and jigba they added Zach Charbonnet. This offensive line, they added a few pieces. Go back to our Seattle Seahawks recap video, offseason recap video. This offensive line should be very good again. You know, they they started to get a little banged up at the end of last year, but they added a few depth pieces as well. This offensive line should be very good. The defense should be much better as well, giving more opportunities to the offense. And, you know, when you look at the fact that <laughs> it, it's just funny to me that the guy finishes quarterback number five. All they did the entire offseason was pay him, add more mm-hmm. weapons to the offense, and his yeah. ranking drops out of the top 15. Like, he's not even a top 15 guy. And that's where I think that Geno Smith is going to be a massive value. And that's why he's my, my guy for this upcoming season is because I believe in his ability to return 
heavily on the quarterback yeah. 20 pricing that he has right now. And, you know, if you're in a redraft league and you can get Geno in round 10, 12, something like that, is that's the last pick in your draft. Dude, I, I am all for that because I think he's going to be, he might not be five again, but I think he has top 12 potential for sure. Top 10, yeah. definitely. Um, it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. And at that price, quarterback 22 in Dynasty, he's only 32 years old. And I get it. He's had a checkered pass, but I mean, we're just passing up free points at this point. Yeah, I, I do agree with everything you said, but, you know, I think, I feel that. I know I'm probably going to get some hate on this, but I, I feel that last year was an outlier season. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to regress a little bit more to the mean a little bit. You know, I, I still think he can, I still think there's a lot of weapons on the offense that are going to be there for the next couple of years, especially, you mm-hmm. know, with him only being, he, I mean, he's only 32, but you know, in quarterback years, that's, that's kind of your, like towards the end of your prime, honestly. So, so, you know, I, I I can still see him having a couple relevant years. You know, I think he's a very, very solid quarterback too. I'll be very honest. So, you know, I I think he, I I think he could, I think he could be a top 10, but I, I, I think I would, I would rather place my bets in a, you know, in a nice like 12 to 15 range, which for where he's going is fantastic. Like that's the kind of quarterback you want that has, that has a pretty good baseline, you know, every week and really isn't going to necessarily bust. Right. Yeah, and that's why he's my my guy for for this year is because I think he's a safe guy who's being you can get him for, you know, what, a second round pick in a super flex like oh, yeah. yeah. It's nothing that you can pay for Gino as a potential just weekly starter, right? A weekly floor for a guy. So, um Geno Smith, he's my quarterback, my guy. Let's go into the running back position here, and let's hear your guy that you want for 2023. All right, so my guy is Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Um, I I know for some people that's going to be surprising. You know, with him being 27, he's going to be. Uh, I I I think midway through the year, he's he's going to turn 28, and that's and that's where we hear a lot of the prototypical cliche things that that's the running black, this, the running back cliff, you know, and I get that, but I think Nick Chubb is, is, is a Derrick Henry like player where, where even, even though he doesn't catch a lot of passes, he, he may not do those things. Like he has that, he has that ability and, and he has the strength and, I guess, I guess lack of injury history where he's, he's going to be okay. You know, he's going to be very, very solid week in and week out. Yes. Mm -hmm. I do understand that when Deshaun Watson was there, that that was a little scary, but they were also trying to figure everything out. They were figuring out that offense. And I think they're going to click a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. to what he was doing in the beginning of last season when he had uh, Jacoby Brissett. So you know, I, I, I really like Nick Chubb. I know a lot of people are fading on him because of his age, because of the of, of the Watson situation, you know, but I, I I really think for the next couple of years he's gonna be really great. And plus he's he is um under contract until twenty twenty four. I mean they do have an opt out for um after after the twenty three season, um, which is a pretty low dead cap, which they may do, but they've They've shown that they want Nick Chubb on their team. Yeah. You know, like uh, 
uh, signing them before his rookie deal was up, kind of stuff like that. So like, there's been things in the Browns um, front office where they've shown that they they value Nick Chubb and that they're going to feed him and they're going to make him the focal point of this offense. So right. you know, you know, in 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 a in a in a very long story short, I love Nick Chubb for the next couple years. And and if you're in a in a win, if you think you're in a win now, go after Nick Chubb, uh, because because in my opinion, like he's going to give you a championship. Like he like you know at, at you know at the very least, at the very least, like you'll make playoffs with him. And I think he's going to he's going to full uh, turn almost full Yeti, like they say that Derrick Henry does. Yeah, for sure. I think that he's going to be a very good player and. There is some potential value. He's currently the uh, RB7 in Dynasty rankings, RB3 in redraft. So I think people are kind of appropriately valuing him in redraft, um, and I get that. But I think, like you said, in Dynasty, he feels like someone that's a lot safer. You know, He's going to be somebody who can play later into his career and just be as productive, just the— insane amount of work that this dude does off the field every single year is just it's crazy so um no I, I like that a lot for for nick chubb here and you know i do agree it the the fact that he's ranked court or uh, running back number seven in dynasty does not feel accurate i got a lot of flack in a league um this this offseason where i actually traded uh a, a Nick Chubb with a package of a couple of other players, right, to go get Bijan um, because I was kind of deep in in some of these positions. And, you know, Nick Chubb is getting a little bit older, and I'd rather have Bijan for the longevity and all that, right? And people are like, oh, what a steal. Bijan's worth way more than Nick Chubb. And I was like, are people... Am I missing something? Like, uh, am I on the outside of, of um, some news on on Nick Chubb that he's not a superstar still, or or what am I missing? But uh, yeah, people seem to be down on Nick Chubb more than what the consensus ranking kind of says right now. But maybe people are just starting to to come back around. Maybe that's what it is. But uh, no, I yeah, like Nick yeah, Chubb I, quite I, a bit. Yeah, I I, I kind of think they are a little bit, but you know, I I do know a lot of people are kind of off of these running backs that don't catch the ball as much, right? But, you know, I, I know that's not in his. I, I hate when people say in their player profile, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it it does reign true. Like he he just doesn't catch as many passes, right? Um, and and kind of stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I I do think they're going to utilize him a little bit more like that because who else is in that backfield? Yeah, There's I'm with you. Literally nobody that has that has really had any valuable snaps in the NFL back there. So yep, I'm I think you. he's going to. I think he's going to smash the next couple of years. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Now my running back is in the same conference and it's going to actually going to be uh, Najee Harris with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Najee is crazy to me because <laughs> the guy was a first round pick just a couple of years ago and Pittsburgh, you know, they move on from Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger dumped it off to Najee a billion times his rookie year, which is crazy. The fact that Najee had 401 touches his rookie season is nuts, right? Finishes as the RB number three overall. Last year, a little bit more of a down year. Only has, only has 340 (laughs) touches. Like, what are we doing? Like, the guy still had 340 touches in a bad season, right? Where he was not as productive. And you look at his game log, 
it's crazy to me that the the fact that people just completely ignore, I guess, the fact that he had a, a steel plate in his shoe. You look at the first half of the season, and then when he got that thing out, I believe it was right around the bye, and how good he was coming off the bye, even with a bad Kenny Pickett, it's just crazy to me that that he's still being valued so lowly, especially with a such a controversial um, running back landscape out there, I'll say, right? Now, he's currently the RB10 in redraft, so still going a little cheaper. I think that he's got top five potential again with this line uh, and this this offense, right? They tried to improve the offensive line. They get Broderick Jones, who is a massive upgrade on the offensive line. They get a couple guys later in the draft. You can go listen to our recap on the Steelers for some of our thoughts there. But I'm not a big fan of Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's very good. I'm not a big fan of Matt Canada. I don't think it matters. The amount of volume that Najee's going to get not many running backs in the league get as many touches as Najee. And if he doesn't have a, a foot steel plate in his shoe, right, uh, foot injury, then I think he's going to be just fine pro- productively. And if they can get him utilized more in the passing game, similar to what he was his rookie season, I don't think he'll ever get 94 targets again. Um, which would be great if he could. But last year, even in a down year, he had almost 60 targets, right? And I think that the the compromise between that is kind of like 75 you know if you can get Najee 75 targets I do think he's a difference maker from the backfield as the the uh, weapon that he is so um, running back 10 in in redraft running back 12 in dynasty and again as a guy that he's he's older I understand that he's 25 right now but you know he's a monster he's a big dude he's Came out a little bit later. He's got plenty of time left. He's a first-round pick, and he's going into year three. So he has at least three more years with the Pittsburgh Steelers who just are going to give him the rock a million times. It's what Mike Tomlin has always done. He always does this. So you have three guaranteed years of high high volume for a good player. So I do think that Najee, when you have so many guys ranked ahead of him, like Austin Eckler, um, you've got guys like Nick Chubb, for example. You've got Travis Etienne. There's so many guys that are above Najee, and I just cannot understand why. They're way more risky. Like, for example... Travis Etienne, if Tank Bigsby is as good as everyone is saying he is from training camp, he's going to drop next year off of a lot of people's boards. And I just think that Najee is going to be steady. And all this Jalen Warren talk, I don't even care about the kid. He had like 80 touches the entire year last year. Wasn't even that good for fantasy football. So like, oh, he was more efficient. But he had 80 touches. Who cares? Like, it, it, that's nothing compared to the 350 that Najee had, even when he was bad, right? So I think that Najee's just being a little bit too disrespected, in my opinion. But I think that he's a slam dunk for redraft and for fantasy if you can get him on the cheap right now. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, and for how bad Kenny Pickett was last year, he's going to be better this year. You know, I, I don't know how much better. Right. Probably, probably not very much, but you know, like he, I, 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 I feel he's going to, he's going to progress to the mean a little bit and, right. and he's going to be better. He's going to throw for more yards. He's going to throw for more touchdowns. So, you know, I, I think that offense is going to click a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and I, and I do agree that Najee's going to be a beneficiary of that. Um, you know, and, you know, and history proves that Mike Tomlin is, it, 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 
is a one RB, you know, all offense kind of guy. So in that's going to be Najee, you know, I mean, I, I get, I understand the Jalen Warren hype because a lot of people are out on Najee, but as, as long as Najee's healthy, he's going to be the guy. Right. So yeah, definitely a value in my mind. Let's hear your wide receiver that you want to go all in on this season. All right. So my guy is Jahan Dotson from the Manders. Um, he is, um, he's, he's, he's coming, he's coming into his second year. Um, and he's going to be playing with probably the best quarterback he's probably played with probably, probably his whole lifetime. You know, you know, he's, he's, he's coming from Penn state, you know, they're not a quarterback factory by any means, but, um, but I will say that, you know, he, I, you know, as of right now, like he's, he's going as like in, in, in some redraft leagues, he's probably going at like wide receiver, like in, in the like 38 or so, like around there, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, his, his value is pretty depressed because he was injured for, uh, for some of the season last year. Um, you know, unfortunately, but, but it's, it's when he was on the field, he was electric. Like his first game, he had a couple touchdowns. I think within the first four or five weeks, he had four, he had like four touchdowns, yeah, you know? Pretty crazy. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he's, and he's, and he's paired up alongside Terry McLaurin, which I also love Terry McLaurin, but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, I've, I've been seeing, uh, uh, there's like a trend that a lot of people are, are, are off these first year wide receivers or it, it's, it's, it's these first year wide receivers that don't hit as much, you know, you know, have, have some production, but aren't, aren't to their draft value, which he was a first round pick. I think he was like the 16th pick, um, two years ago. Um, and, and he's, and he's coming into, into an offense with Eric Bieniemy, who's, who, who's, who's probably going to use and abuse him. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the whole, uh, commander's offense, you know, as a whole, you know, I, I think they're going to be much better, um, I mean, with with Howell or Brissett, I don't I don't really care who the quarterback is, but I I know they're going to get the ball to to uh, Jahan Dotson. You know, yeah. Uh, he I mean he he was he was targeted sixty one times last year in twelve games, which again doesn't seem like a lot, but they were going through a lot of turmoil and on in in the quarterback position, which they do annually, um, unfortunately, and you, you know um you know of those targets, like he had thirty five receptions for five hundred twenty three yards, like that's still a pretty decent rookie year right you know and Very and and explosive yeah 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 it's it's extremely explosive you know uh like you know he's he's very fast you know he's he's athletic like he has all those measurables that you like to see of a guy coming out like he had an early breakout age you know and and i i i i just feel that we're sleeping on this guy because he's on the commanders and you know I mean, I, I just see him taking the next step, you know, like he's, he, he's going after uh, some guy, like he's going after like Traylon Burks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I would much rather have Traylon or I would much rather have Dotson than Burks. You know, he's, he's, he's going after um, Michael Pittman. I'd rather have Michael Pittman. I would probably rather have, you know, uh, Dotson than Debo Samuel, even, you know, in, in dynasty, especially. So you know, personally. So, you know, I, I, I feel he could, I feel he's someone who's going to take that next step this year, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver too. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a wide receiver one because there's too many of those guys. Sure. But, yeah, everyone's but you know, a wide receiver I, I can one see, now. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can see him being like a low end wide receiver one. You know, like a, a solid wide receiver two coming into year three. You know, and and kind of and kind of being in the in the conversations of of what we're having with like Christian Watson this year. You know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I I can see him taking the next step up. Yeah, he's a good player. He's currently the um, wide receiver number forty one in redraft. So. Again, definitely some value there. 35 in Dynasty. And yes. if you believe he can be a top 24 guy, you know, 11 spots doesn't sound like a lot. But when you're talking about value, right, The especially a wide receiver, there's so many guys right there in that range that you can get a lot of them on the cheap when you're trying to target a position specifically. So if you believe in Jahan Dotson, um, he's definitely a worthwhile buy right now just because of his value right so um and one thing i i I think that is extremely telling for dynasty players is when there's a large gap between their dynasty and their redraft value right where um and this it came to me with one of the not my guys um that we'll talk about next time but like for example my wide receiver is going to be jerry judy for the denver broncos his, his dynasty uh, or his redraft ranking is wide receiver 29, dynasty ranking 21. Why is he so much more valuable in dynasty than he is for redraft for this season? Like that doesn't make any sense, right? And um, that seems to be a gap, right? And, you know, that's something that you can exploit. And that's where you're trying to gain value for some of these players. Like Najee, for example, is the converse, right? Where he people think he's going to be very good. Nick Chubb is the same way, right? Where he's the the redraft RB number three, dynasty RB seven, and it's only four spots. But if people think he's going to be better now, and they still think he's going to be good long term, well just go buy him if he's cheaper, right? Because everything is saying long-term, you're going to be able to buy him cheaper. Now, Judy's a little bit opposite. Everyone think it's it, he's going to be more valuable long-term, so they're trying to buy him for more long depth and everything. But people aren't excited about him for this year, which is why I am making him my guy, because I think that he's going to smash both wide receiver 29 and 21 value, and he's going to be able to return heavily on his his trade value and everything like that. So Jerry Judy, I'll talk about him really quickly and we'll talk about this a little bit more with the, not my guys and some of those examples. But I do think that when you look at the gaps, that's where you're trying to target the gaps and get your value in those separations. Right. So, um, I think that's the, the easiest way to try and identify value in my opinion. But Jerry Judy, last year, 100 targets, 67 catches, 972 yards. Last year, Denver was a dumpster fire. They were terrible. Uh, But you look at Jerry Judy and what he was able to do. You know, he missed a few games in the middle of the season, and that's kind of been his MO. You know, I don't love that about Jerry Judy. He has missed a decent amount of time the last couple of years. But, you know, looking back at the last couple of years with the Denver Broncos, it's been a train wreck in terms of quarterback play. And they have not had a guy that has been able to consistently get them the ball on a routine basis. You know, it was uh, Drew Locke a couple years ago. I forget the other guy that was in the battle with Drew Locke. It was not a a good situation. Um, Then they trade for Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson. They're both really, really bad last year. Everything has said Russell Wilson is way better this year. And you look at the depth chart for this team. They just lost Tim Patrick. 
Poor guy, tore his ACL, now he tore his Achilles. He's done. He's he's a 31-year-old. He's just done. He's not ever going to be able to return to that to an elite level. They still have Corlin Sutton, who Dale loves in his hot takes and everything. But they also drafted Marvin Mims. That's about it. They really don't have a ton of guys. And when you couple that with what he was able to do after he came back from injury last year with Russell Wilson, even going into it, they were starting to get more and more uh, synergy and, you know, cohesion between the two of them against the Jets with Sauce Gardner, who was shutting down everyone. Jerry Judy still had 11 targets and seven catches for 96 yards. Like against the Jets, really, really good defense last year. He was very good against them. Then he goes into the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're a little bit more of a mid-tier, gets injured, comes back, you know, has 33 points. He has three touchdowns in a game. He has 15 points, 19 points, 11 points, 26 points. And he only the three touchdown game was the only touchdowns he scored for the rest of the season. He just did all of it with work after the catch, you know, and massive volume. And I don't think that's going to change for Jerry Judy. I actually think it's going to get better with someone like a Sean Payton running this offense, being, being able to create a good offense. And Jerry Judy is going to slam back to what we thought he was going to be when he was coming out of Alabama and he's going to jump into a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. Now, Dale just said there's everybody's a, a dynasty wide receiver one right now, but legitimately Jerry Judy's only 24 years old. He had all the potential. He was that year's number one wide receiver consensus, right? Everyone was excited about Jerry Judy. Didn't live up to the billing. Got passed by guys like, uh, is that the Justin Jefferson draft class? Um, or was that the year after? That was C.D. Lamb. I know that he was in that draft yeah. class, so it would be, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it would be the Justin Jefferson. You know, you've got um, C.D. Lamb, another guy that, got, that has passed Jerry Judy, and Judy has just been slowly and steadily regaining his value from what he was drafted as as a rookie. So Jerry Judy, I think that there's a lot of potential for him this year. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I'm, I've always been a little bit worried about Jerry Judy. I mean, I, I really liked him cutting out, uh, coming out because, you know, I, I thought he was, he was a route tactician, you know, a, 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 able to come in and out of his routes really well. Um, but he's been having a little catching the ball problem, which, you know, is, is an issue if, if you are a wide receiver, sure. but, you know, I, I think he has a lot more, um, a better rapport with, Russell Wilson and 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 with Sean Payton coming in and 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 being and being the OC basically, you know I I think he has a better chance of scheming him open, doing and just and just and and that whole team just being better as a whole. Like you know, like they just had so many drives that were three and outs that they couldn't get anything going, and mm-hmm. and that was a big big problem for them. And I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue, which I I. I think I saw a stat like 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 fifty percent of their drives were either a three and out or a punt. Yeah, it was you know, bad. Or, or, it was or, very bad. It was it was something crazy like that. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as that. So, you know, I I do think people are sleeping on Judy and and the Broncos offense as a whole. So, mm-hmm. for sure, definitely has a lot of value on this offense. But we'll keep it moving here. We're we're running out of time. Let's hear your tight end, and then we'll wrap up with mine and and kind of wrap up these players. Alrighty, so my tight end is um is a pretty easy one. It's Mark Andrews. 
Um, you know, he he's he's in in some in some what a risk. Going, I know, I know, risky guy, risky guy. But you know, I I know I know there's been a lot of buzz this off season about um, Travis Kelsey, how he's going to repeat as the tight end one, how he's just he's he's the greatest thing since sliced bread kind of kind of stuff, which he is. You know, he's fantastic. But um, Mark Andrews is going to smash this season. And he's 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 finally going to have a fully healthy Lamar. He's going to have a more pass friendly um, offense where where he's the number one guy, mm-hmm. and, you know, and and he's and I, I really expect him to to be the 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 dynasty tight end one this time next year is is, is going to be my guess. You know, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I love pits and all, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think he has. He, he he has everything going for him in in the in 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 the in the idea of of him getting schemed open, um, his quarterback loving to target him, and and he's going to even more pass friendly offense. So mm-hmm. you know I'm really excited for them. Um, you know like something that is actually that that hasn't been said as much is is that you know like their offense in the in the in the um in the pa- in the past few years like they were like almost last in like um plays run per game you know like pace of play kind of stuff right and i and, you know it's it's compared to the tom monkins you know like the the bucks years where where he was the oc there you know like he was like top five right in those years so so you know i i, I really think the pace of play is going to go up there there's just going to be more chances for him to catch the ball and i think he's going to go bananas this year yeah and that's where again you know, there's not a big gap. He's the tight end two in both redraft and dynasty. And I mean, fairly right. But I think that we are witnessing a guy that's, that's being devalued a little bit because of Kelsey and Kelsey is eventually going to fall off. And once he does, there's going to need to be a new king of the throne essentially. And I think that's where Mark Andrews has the potential to kind of step up there. And I get it the last year he was only the the tight end number four. Oh no. But he's a just touchdown machine when he's out there, when he's got Lamar Jackson and Todd Monken's going to scheme up him just like he does Brock Bowers with Georgia. And it's going to be a good time all around. Now, you know, for a fact, he's going to get a hundred plus targets, which is very rare for the tight end position in general. So, you know, I do think that buying Mark Andrews, I think you're going to have him for the next couple of years. And Mm -hmm. I think that people like him. If you have, if you own Mark Andrews, you respect that and you appreciate that. But I do think that people are still even sleeping on him still for what he's going to be able to do for the longevity of the next couple of seasons. So I'm with you. I, I, I know this feels like a hot take, but it's like, Tight end stinks. So go get a solid guy now. Just go while get he's... your guy that yeah, 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 yeah. That that is one of those elite tier guys. Right. And and I think he's good. I, I think of those guys, he has the most likelihood to keep his value. Right, for sure. And that's risky at the tight end position. So I like it. I respect it. Now my guy is a is gonna be a rookie and it's gonna be Sam Laporta. And you know, the Love reason it. why with this is because he's currently the dynasty running back or sorry, dynasty tight end number ten, but he's not even in the top ten for redraft. He's around eighteen to twenty in that range for redraft. And I get it. There's a stigma. Rookie tight ends don't do a lot. 
except Kyle Pitts, who did a lot and just didn't have touchdowns. And I'm not saying Sam Laporta is Kyle Pitts, but you look at the depth chart here, right? And you've got Jamison Williams suspended six games. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown, which is great. You love to see that. They've got David Montgomery. They've got uh, Jameer Gibbs. Um, They've got guys like Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds. But Jared Goff last year, we talked about this with our Lions recap, 587 passing attempts, 587. Where are those going? Because they cannot all go to Amon Ra St. Brown. Last year, Amon Ra had 146. That leaves... 440 targets to go somewhere and you can love Jameer Gibbs and say he's going to be utilized heavily in the the passing game but I mean are you are you telling me that Marvin Jones Josh Reynolds Jameer Gibbs Dave Montgomery these guys are all going to get 100 targets each I I don't think so I do not think so you know I could see Jameer Gibbs having around 80 he is a rookie still Dave Montgomery maybe he has about 40 50 Marvin Jones, maybe around 70 to 80, but you got to remember Marvin Jones is older. Josh Reynolds is not the guy when Jamison Williams gets back. Maybe he kind of steps into that number two target role for this team. But Laporta, I think he's going to have a ton of volume. This team loved him. He's a Dan Campbell type of guy, right? Coming from Iowa. And everyone kind of forgets that Dan Campbell was a tight end in the NFL. He's going to try and make his tight end good. <laughs> like he wanted 100%. to make Hawkinson good, but there was just a disconnect between Hawkinson and the rest of the team for whatever reason, which is why they traded them to divisional rivals in the middle of the season, which made no sense, right? So I think Sam Laporta has a massive opportunity with this team, similar to Evan Ingram when he was a rookie, right? Everyone goes back to Evan Ingram. He had a million targets as an as a rookie uh, with a good quarterback that could sustain those targets, right? And Evan Ingram had terrible hands. I think Sam Laporta has good hands, and that's why he's going to be sneaky good for football this year. And that's why I'm all in on Sam Laporta as my my guy for the tight end position. Now, give me a quick 60-second recap on, on your thoughts on Laporta. Uh, I, I like Laporta. Um, year one, I'm worried, you know, because of the cliche of how of how rookie tight ends don't do well. Which I I wouldn't be shocked if we have two to three rookie tight ends that are in the top ten this year, mm-hmm. and I think he will be one of them. So you know, I I I I, I like that pick, but I I think I I th- I think it depends on who has him and who values him. You know, mm-hmm. I do think he's undervalued right now. But, you know, I could see him having like the Dallas Goddard kind of value and not any more than that, in my opinion. Still, which though. which yeah, yeah, which honestly is fantastic for the tight end position. So, right. Yep. I'm with you, especially when you're you're ranked as outside of the top 10 for redraft. That's yes. just it's a screaming uh, gap again, where I think that he's going if people love him long term and they don't like him in the short term, it's a little odd to me. I think that he's going to be a little bit better because why do you love him long term? Long term, there's more question marks right and i get it's the tight end position they get better over time blah 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 but in two years like next year they could go add marvin harrison and all of a sudden his value shot so it doesn't make much sense to me to have that big of a gap here again so um that's my my guy so recapping really quickly uh my quarterback was geno smith running back Najee harris wide receiver jerry judy tight end sam laporta who are your guys again um and my guys at, at the quarterback at the quarterback position was Justin Fields at the running back Nicholas Chubb wide receiver Jahan Dotson and tight end 
Mark Andrews. So those are our my guys. These are guys that we believe in for this upcoming season. We think that they're going to score a lot of points. They're going to be valued uh, pretty lowly compared to what they're going to be able to give you over the next couple of years. And there's a massive gap in their potential value. So that said, you can find us again on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin uh, at Dynasty or sorry, at FF After Dark for the YouTube channel. And you can find Dale at Dynasty underscore Dale. Please, if you can, one last time, like, comment, subscribe. Tell the podcast to one of your friends. We're trying to get it out there. YouTube is helping us out, but you can help us out as well. Just tell us, tell somebody about the podcast. You know, even if you disagree, I don't care. Just tell somebody. <laughs> so, no, we appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Thank you guys for joining us here tonight. We're going to be back later this week with a Not My Guys episode, and we're going to have some fun just giving some hate to some of these players that we've been uh, talking about all off season. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for joining us until next time. Have a good night. My sister's calling me one second.